Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Jeff Joniak, the voice of your Chicago Bears. Justin Fields, under center man in motion. Play fake, setting up the throw. Looking right, wide open, commit. Turns up at the five to the end zone. And he plows through a lion right front pylon. Touchdown. Touchdown, Bears. Fields stepping up, though. Runs up the middle with the 35 to the 40. 45 to the 50. Fields running away from the Lions at the 30, the 20, the 15. Down inside the 10. Justin Fields all the way down to the 7 or 8-yard line. Thought he got there again. Thought he had another biggie. He did. This one, 61 yards for Justin Fields. Snap, orbit motion, fake the screen left. They throw the screen right. Swift inside the 20 to the 15, 10 end zone. Nobody touched him for the touchdown. Aye, aye, aye. Jeff Joniak, you are ridiculous. Aye, aye, aye. Mullion Hart, Chicago Sports Radio, <laughs> 670 to score. Zach Zaidman in for Mullet today. It's time now to go out to the score hotline, Signature Bank score hotline, Signature Bank making commercial banking personal. That's where we find the voice of the Bears. And ay ay ay, it's Jeff Joniak. Good morning, I Jeff. Forgot, I forgot I said that. And Zach's laugh is catchy. Oh God, that's funny. My mom and dad always say ay ay ay. I know that's where I got it. I from. love it, Jeff. It's I, I mean, that's it's just real. raw emotion right it's there you. when nobody's tackling anybody. I guess that's funny. Now it that is. is funny. It is funny. Oh, so as God. we get close to Sunday, <laughs> still I got to tell you, as you, I haven't uh, heard that highlight. <laughs> as you chuckle and, and Zach cackles, let me ask you this. Oh, I'm a little disappointed. I was. I have to be honest about this. I understand everything that contributed to the decision. I don't know how badly Justin Fields is injured. We have to take the Bears' uh, word for this. But I was disappointed that Justin Fields isn't playing on Sunday. I wondered how you reacted to that news and what your recommendation would have been in this whole conversation about should he or shouldn't he? Well, we, we can't debate the, uh, the, the medical. So, I mean, if, if they, if he say he's hurt and he's not cleared, he's hurt. So that, that's where I have to begin and end the discussion. So, uh, and when they followed up, I think it was uh, Mark Potash. If it was a playoff game, yeah, he'd still be injured. You know, that's, that's quite a statement. So I, I don't know that I entirely believe that if it was a playoff game. He wouldn't play, but yeah, I, Hey, listen, I want to see as many snaps as he could possibly get. And I, I, uh, I certainly don't want a ACL tear in the last week of the regular season that will jeopardize the start of a the next season certainly. But you you live with that every day. You live in practice every day with the threat of something going wrong. So yeah, you can't you can't live scared. But you know I'm going with the idea that yes, he is truly injured and he can't go. 
Otherwise, I would have loved to see him on the field. Jeff, sure. can you help put this into perspective? Because you've seen every snap, you've seen every practice that Fields has had. Put this season into perspective, what we learned about Justin Fields in 2022, now that we're in 2023. <laughs> Sorry, I keep coughing now because you got me all... all uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, you gave me the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the one of the best things I've seen all season long has nothing to do with on the field. It's how he's handled himself uh, in terms of leadership. It's been a big change, and uh, I knew it was in there. Uh, some of those news conferences were uncomfortable. Uh, he just didn't feel uh, like he was happy. If he was annoyed, I don't know, but I, I just love the fact he's kind of taken a, a different approach and it's it's very good i think it's one it's necessary because everybody's watching every teammate's watching they 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 watch those live feeds that the bears put out much like anybody else does and or they'll go back to it i know it happens so it's important to represent the way that you have to as the number one guy and he is the number one guy this is his team until further notice and uh that's the way you got to be but but secondly it was just an awakening of the explosiveness of him his first NFL touch, if I'm not mistaken, was a rushing touchdown. They put him in there. Matt Nagy did, and, you know, that's that, That's what he does best at the moment. But he didn't do that in college, which is the, the irony of the whole thing. So he had plenty of time to find his uh, his weaponry at Ohio State, and he threw the football a ton. So that's the next step is just polishing that up, learning the trigger from the pocket. You know, and I don't want to keep going on with this long answer, but I want to bring up something if you want to talk about something else, just about – developing as a passer because I recently read a story in the LA Times about Steve Young but anyway go ahead ask me some more stuff well no you open that right, door well, you just I don't want to ramble feels to a hall of famer Jeff. no 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 so you know I, I I saw a quote a separate quote months ago I may have brought it up on here Steve Young said the only reason he became a passer and not think about ejecting the pocket every time was Sid Gilman Sid Gilman who was a crotchety guy uh, but an outstanding legendary uh, coach uh, he basically said, listen, until you figure out how to way to throw from the pocket and stop ejecting and, and just going past one progression and go, you know, you're never going to realize your potential. So he literally tied his feet up with rope and made him at practice not run. And I'm not suggesting that Justin doesn't run, but th- this was important. That was a turning moment because he was quick to just take off and go and so you fast forward. Steve Young learned that from Sid Gilman with the L.A. Express in the USFL in 1984. And he was in the dog days of his career. He almost quit football. And, and then he had a horrible time with Tampa Bay. And then he had to sit behind Joe Montana, and it was public enemy number one when he took over for one legend only to become another. But 2014, there's a quote from Steve Young. It says, hey, uh, Colin Kaepernick has to stop relying so much on his rushing ability and become a pocket passer. They should literally tie his legs up. And, and that's exactly what happened to Steve Young. Now, now I'm not suggesting, again, that, that you just take away all that. But I do, and I think it's all been mentioned. Ryan Poles mentioned it. Matt Eberflus mentioned it. Monday night on the Coaches Show, Justin's mentioned it. Yes, triggering from the pocket and polishing that up will be the next step. Because you know he has a great arm. We know he did it at Ohio State, and he'll do it in the future once he feels like uh, that part of his game will expand and, 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 and develop. Ryan Poles had a lot of stuff to say to you regarding Justin Fields as a passer. Can you take us to that next level? When, when we watch him from a passing standpoint, 
because I think people were shocked that why, why is Justin Fields to blame for some of the passing issues? What's the next step for him as a passer? Can you take us through some of those things that we need to see from the quarterback, regardless of the weapons and the offensive line? Well, you know, the clutch time fourth quarter. You know, I, I look at this this game against Minnesota, even though it, it doesn't, you know, it's not a it's not a needle mover, obviously. Uh, but you know, the Bears and the Minnesota Vikings in the first half are, have the same number of points scored. The fourth quarter and the second half, things changed dramatically. And that has been this, the Viking story all season long. They found a way to come back from games eight times in the fourth quarter, including against the Bears. So, again, that takes, again, it's a cliche and it's it's a statement, but it's true. It's all 11. There's many different gears involved, obviously. I mentioned last week, Zach, the short passing game. The swing passes, I mean, Jared Goff, I, I think he was 85 to 90% completion percentage on screen passes this year. Uh, that's just the screen, the flare-outs, the dump-offs, the, you know, little check-downs to the backs and the tight ends. Though That has to get better in terms of accuracy. That's just fundamentals and footwork and getting your shoulders. I saw a highlight. It was featured on Twitter, Jared Stidham. Last week, being chased by two 49ers, he knows he was going to get crunched, and Justin's been crunched plenty this this season and in his career, and has weathered it. He is one tough son of a gun, and that's another thing we've learned about him. You're not going to find him any tougher, that is for sure, and he is gutsy. But he, at the last second, got himself shoulders and feet squared to the target, and Devontae Adams wide open and completed the pass and got destroyed. But it was one heck of a play, and he's made those, and, and just – more of those. More of all of that. Did Jarrett Stidham remind you of Kenny Stabler? <laughs> no, because he's a righty. <laughs> oh, that's Steve right. Young was a lefty, uh, too, so it's not even. Just, no, but I, I will, I'm surprised at one thing. I, you know, they listed Steve Young at 6'2", 215. I didn't think he was uh, that uh, chunky. Yeah, I didn't think so either. That's yeah. solid. Like, he yeah. can yeah, he's solid, solid. He carries yeah. it well, Husky. Jeff. Yeah, right. Husky, like me. <laughs> so, Jeff, every Sunday you know that my favorite part of the pregame show in WBBM uh, isn't, isn't my segment. It is. Oh, uh, don't sell yourself. Sure. No, it's, it's the Joniak Journal. And last week you had a really good conversation with Chase Claypool. Yeah. And I felt like you gave us a glimpse of the player that a lot of people want to get to know. And then, so I'm feeling very good about that. And I'm watching this game, and then I saw Chase Claypool – the incident that happened, and then he explained it. Justin Fields had to get um, involved. We heard him explain it, Claypool, yesterday to the degree that I, I don't know that it was his best moment, Jeff, but how do you reconcile the player, the thoughtful? Uh, I felt like he came across really well in your interview when you're sitting down and the path that he has taken to the NFL in Chicago with the guy that came across – on Sunday, not in the best way, and certainly I'm not sure yesterday uh, explained it very well. Okay, so are you more disappointed with the answer yesterday, or and I didn't. I know I know it happened, but I didn't see it. I have not seen any replays of it or anything on the sideline. So which one are you? Referring I'm probably to more dis- disappointed with the guy who has his background, or he, he he's not. He's an ex-stealer for a reason, and part of that is because, uh, at least by reputation. Mike Tomlin thought that maybe he had some maturity issues. Yeah. And so somebody who has an outburst like that reminds you of that past. And I don't think that if you have been here for five minutes, that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, I liked what he had to say yesterday (laughs) only because, and I know if I was sitting with Coach Eberflus, he'd look at me and say, no, we don't don't do that on the sidelines because that is the case. But I'm okay with emotion. So I'm a very emotional person. I am quick to – 
fly off the handle and get in somebody's face only to love them up right after I do it. I know that's not great. It's not a great quality that I have, but you always know where I stand. And Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no one took uh, more of a brunt of my uh, reactionary attitude and personality than Zach Zabin over the years, for sure. But only out of out of love and respect, uh, wanting the best out of somebody. And that was always, it was not about me. It was just wanting to get the most out of somebody. And I think Zach would agree with that, even though it hurt during the process. But uh, I lo- he, he wants to win. And he saw something he didn't like. Uh, on the sidelines about what was going on, and uh, I don't think uh, I can ding that too much. Now, there is, there's a process and there's a way to handle it, and uh, Justin made that clear how they'd like to proceed, uh, but I don't know if you can keep that genie in the bottle. Somebody's emotional and wants to urge teammates. Everybody does it differently, and so uh, he does it uh, obviously in a way that's not passive, uh, but outbursts, uh, you know, is never always a solution. But maybe a little of that will help this team moving forward, too. I'm not going to totally stamp on it, is I guess my point. Okay. Are you surprised, Jeff? And this is a big picture thing. Just the way the city has reacted to the losing this season. We've never seen anything like this where <laughs> it's a head scratcher, every honestly. Monday after a loss is a victory Monday for the fans. And, and I know it's got to be killing the guys inside the building. It, it is. It is. And, uh, you know, I did an event uh, at Hallis Hall for some season ticket holders this week, and uh, I was about ready to wrap things up. And, and, and uh, I go, hey, guys, you have any other thoughts? And the guy puts his hand up in the air and says, man, I know it's – I know we've lost eight in a row, nine in a row, but it's been a fun season. And I, I looked at him, I go, you're not alone. Everybody says it. And I've enjoyed it until the fourth quarter when, you know, it, it, the reality sets in and you're like, oh, not again. Um, but I think that's the prevailing attitude, that it has been a fun season and it's been fun because uh, some of these kids can play. A lot of kids can play. And Justin yeah. Fields brought the house down with his electrifying runs. And uh, a couple of big touchdown throws, and you're in games. and But, yeah, the losing, you don't want to get used to that, that's for sure. And that's why, again, it's always a debate. I, I still am going to stick to my guns. You do have to learn how to win. And I know people disagree with that. Some people agree with it. Coaches agree with it. Uh, I do think it's not just talent. It's a combination. You do have to have the right mentality, and you have to have the desire to overcome everything to get those wins and play some clean football down the stretch. It's pretty, uh, it's not very crowded on this Island, but I'm, I live here, Jeff. And, <laughs> and, and I, I want you to, I want you to elaborate on what is fun there this year. You will have called in all likelihood 14 losses. No other, no other play by play man in bears history. Right. Even going back to the beginning of, of, of football, has called 14 losses in a single season <coughs> of the Chicago Bears. How, how do you get fun out of that? I know what you're saying. You in live in of- moments. You live in moments. I mean, listen, I, I, okay, I'm not saying it's been – I mean, it's been enjoyable at times, certainly, to see the young players uh, coming up and stepping up. And I'm even talking about guys that people don't even talk about much or, or think about, but – I enjoy because I know it's going to be a young team. It's going to continue to be a young team. But I see what you're saying. But you have to enjoy moments 
and in a town that's been quarterback starved, uh, some of these moments have brought you out of your seat and uh, have teammates em embellishing the moment and, uh, you know, putting him in a, in a position where, you know, he's the most talked about athlete in Chicago right now. And, you know, that's going to continue uh, as long as he's here because he does have those qualities. So, yeah, I, I know it is a hard one. It's but, you know, it's I think in terms of the head coach, too. I mean, Matt, Eberflew, if if the Bears have a nine game winning streak, he's going to be the same guy. He's not going to be overinflating it just like he's not overinflating these losses at the moment. This is a, a foundationally built season to set a path to the future and uh, future wins. So the roster as it's currently constituted will be far from it next year and the year after that. And so we begin the stepladder, and uh, the stepladder's to success, hopefully. Sunday's the end of an era, and Bears Radio was such a big part of my life. I, I don't think I, I have the success in this industry unless you gave me a shot and, and allowed me to, uh, to be on the sidelines. I know Sunday's going to be emotional, but I just wanted to say thanks. I don't know how you're approaching it, but it, it is going to be interesting, uh, I'm sure. And, and, and I'm sure there are a lot of things that are flowing through your mind and Tom's mind as you get set to call this game. Oh, Zach, I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up. Yeah, uh, I'm an emotional guy in many different ways. So, yeah, it's going to be uh, difficult, I think, in the end. Um, I have thought about it, but I've tried to put it out of the back of my mind. Uh, put it out of my mind, at least for right now, and just go about my business. But uh, anybody who knows me knows I'm a very emotional person. So I lay it all out there. Um, yeah, it's been an unbelievable journey, and thank you for what you said. But, you know, you earn your you earn your position and you took the position and turned it into something very nice and very special. So our crew, it's all about the guys. It's all about the crew and the opportunity and the non-ego built staff that we've had. Everybody has a job and they don't, they just do it. Nobody has to be told to do it. Uh, except for one time, right, Zach hall of fame game. 2002, yes. was it 2002? No. And, and 2003? 2000, I think 2005. Four? 2005, all yeah. right, whatever. Wow, what <laughs> happened? <laughs> that, that's a tease, Jeff. You got to pay that one off. What happened well, in 2005? Well, Andy, Andy Gersher, Andy Gersher, the, uh, the, the authoritative figure on the noon business hour and uh, a, great, a, great, uh, a great guy over there at WBBM, he was a non-sports individual, had never covered or been in a – in, in a in a in arena of any kind, was uh, gonna debut as our spotter producer, and I told Zach, I said, Zach, just make sure you never let Andy out of your sight, and make sure he knows what he's doing, because this is this is the first time, and we got to get it right. And so I get down to the field to go interview Lovey Smith for the pregame, and there's Zach. And where's Andy? He goes, I don't know. That's the first thing he says after I told him, don't lose Andy. And he just disappeared. He just gone. Nobody knew where he was. And I'm like, this is great. He's probably not even in the stadium. And then I tried to get in to interview Lovey and a state trooper, a female <laughs> state trooper stopped me and said, you, you can't go in here. I go, well, I got the pass. I got everything. Nope, you're not going in there. Uh, the pass says I can go in there. And so I'm in an argument. And Scott Hagel had to calm me down so I could get in and interview Lovey because Zach had my blood up because of the loss of Andy Gersher. But because we found Andy. We found him, and all was good. And uh, we lived uh, happily ever after. And later on in that game, uh -huh. while the game was being played, there was uh, a kicker kicking into the into the <laughs> net. 
and the net was ripped, right? So I'm watching the action on the field, and the ball goes right through the net, and again, you keep your eyes on the field. Out of nowhere, I get drilled in the side of the nose. The headset goes flying. So does the microphone. Uh, And I'm like, I'm hoping. Thank goodness they didn't see it up in the booth because they didn't say anything. (laughs) But, of course, Tom mentions it. Oh, Tom misses nothing. He misses nothing. Right. I also, we had reporters, different reporters do the Bears beat back in those days. And I had left, I went into the press box to, I don't know who it was. I, I don't remember. And I left my glasses in there. And so I'm searching for my glasses right before kickoff, and I had to do the first half without my glasses. And Tom was livid, livid. I've heard about it every day since. And since, I've lost plenty of glasses. So, yeah, uh, that's been kind of the story. But, no, overall, it, the, 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 it's family. We've lived and lived uh, fun. It's been fun. It's been dramatic. It's been ugly. It's been depressing. It's been... Uh, stuff that move you to emotion because we've all, it's the life experiences of 26 years together and it's life, it's death, it's birth, it's divorce, it's marriage, it's, I mean, you name it, we have, as a family, have experienced a lot, uh, good and bad. And so it's been, it's a very tight group. Very tight group. It'll be it'll be interesting. That's for sure. Jeff Sunday. Joniak, you are ridiculous. Thank yeah, you for well, everything. Thank you. And thank we you. will see you on Sunday. All righty, buddy. Vikings. Very good. Go Bears. Voice of the Bears, Jeff Joniak. When we come back, Tyler Dunn is the founder of Go Long at golongtd.com, and he has a perspective on DeMar Hamlin that you will want to hear because he wrote a story a year ago before anyone knew who DeMar Hamlin was that you will want to read, and we will talk to Tyler Dunn next. It's Mullion Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
a long and difficult road for the last three days. Um, he has been uh, very sick and, and has made a, a fairly remarkable recovery and improvement to the point, as, as Tim noted, um, he, he is now uh, demonstrating that sign of, of good neurologic recovery, as well as overall clinical improvement, as, as has been previously reported related to not just his vital signs, but a lot of his other uh, individual organ recovery. Welcome back. It's Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Zach Zaidman in for Molly today. That was the latest update, the good news about DeMar Hamlin and where he is in his recovery. And that brings us to our next guest, Tyler Dunn, the founder of Go Long at golongtd.com, also the author of Blood and Guts, How Tight Ends Saved Football. And Tyler joins us on the Signature Bank Score Hotline. Signature Bank, making commercial banking personal. Good morning, Tyler. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Hey, thanks so much for having me. And gosh, I, I feel like that that news yesterday, it, it didn't only uplift the team and the city, but just about everybody in this country, right? Man. Just about everybody is right because this story and what happened on Monday night, Tyler, it went from you know a tragedy where you feared the worst to a situation that frankly I think has brought out the best in a lot of people especially people who are in the National Football League, who cover the National Football League, and everybody wants to know more about DeMar Hamlin, which is why we're having you on, because you wrote, I think, the definitive piece on DeMar Hamlin, but this was way back before anybody knew who he was. And then, frankly, not many people might have cared, but it was July of 2021, I believe. He was a six-round draft pick of the Buffalo Bills, and because you are – one of the best re- reporters and writers who covered the National Football League. You had wings with him. You found out a lot about him. What can you tell our audience about what kind of person you found him to be? Oh, man, really appreciate the opportunity to, to share DeMar's story. But you're right. I mean, I think first off, everything you need to know about DeMar Hamlin is he's willing to just, you know, eat wings with a complete stranger in a completely new town. This is shortly after he's drafted and, he just puts it out there. Hey, what are the best wing spots? And I saw that a lot of fans were telling him Elmo's uh, just north of the city, and that just happened to be uh, my go-to spot. So I reached out, wanted to see if he was down to get together. I, I didn't know a damn thing about him, to be honest. I knew he played at Pitt, and that was about it. And uh, lo and behold, I mean, shortly into the conversation, um, he just dives into a life story that, you know, ho- hopefully folks have been able to read. But at age, age 12, you know, 2010, he, he first loses his father. Uh, he, he heads to, to prison for a sentence to 10 years for the intent to sell drugs. Now, I should note, Mario has since gotten his life completely back on track. He got out in three and a half years, um, started a trucking company, does so much with DeMar's foundation, and, and he's you know, such a loving, supportive father. But for three and a half years, such a fragile point in DeMar's life, he didn't have a dad. And um, it, it crushed his mom. They were in the courtroom. He can remember the scene. He remembers his father just giving his jewelry back to his mom and the tears and seeing the guards kind of whisk him away. And it, it almost robbed him of his innocence and his imagination at such a young age. And his mom, Nina, I mean, what, what can you say? I mean, she shielded him from so many just bad influences in McKees Rocks, which was particularly rough back then. I mean, it still is, but it really was then. So simultaneously, so many of his friends are getting involved in gangs in the streets. You don't even have to be in a gang. I mean, he said he could be wrong place, wrong time, and, and catch a bullet. And he estimated that he probably lost more than half of his childhood friends before they turned 21. Wow. So that's going on. 
Um, they have problems heating their home. I mean, the heat might just break in the middle of a Pittsburgh winter. Uh, he might go to school and not have a lunch. You know, he's just asking a buddy if you can have a couple bites of his sandwich. Um, it, it was a really tough time. I mean, he helped out with his mom's cleaning business until uh, midnight many nights just to kind of stay away from the, 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 the bad influences. And it all really did make DeMar Hamlin who he is. I mean, I, I, I cannot imagine what's going through his mind right now seeing whatever it is, seven, eight million raised for his life purpose, his life mission. I mean, he really said back then how much he wanted to help kids in the same exact position that he was in. And to be honest, guys, I mean, I'm, I'm listening to him say all this, and, and I, I wrote the story, and it's inspiring. And part of me is thinking, dude, you're, you're a six-round pick, 212th <laughs> overall. You're, you're a third-string safety. Let's, let's see how this plays out, Damar. And uh, needless to say, he has changed the world. What's fascinating to me is that you did a deep dive on a guy like that. What what inspired you to do that? Because you didn't know any of this stuff before the meal. So, but you you, you wanted to to grab wings with this guy. Why? What what was the <laughs> initial thing? Did you know anything about his background that made you say in the back of your mind, I think there's a real story here. Right. I, I wish I could say, you know, I was scouring uh, LexisNexis and Google, and I did all this homework. Like, not much went into it. It was just uh, saw that uh, he wanted some wings. And, I mean, really, at, at GoLongTD.com, what I try to do is just this, this long-form stuff. just want to humanize the game and, and really have conversations with these players. So, I, you know, I, I don't really um, cover the bills on a, on a day-to-day basis, uh, covering – Every practice, every game, I, I just try to get with these guys and really run the NFL. It's an NFL site. You know, just get with with them in their environment and, and get get to know them as a human being uh, first and foremost. So um, I don't know. I, I guess I'm not sure what kind of kicked me in the butt. I, I really just think it was seeing Elmo's and uh, seeing his desire for wings and knowing his representation a little bit and just running it by him. Just wanted to see if, hey, maybe he just wanted to talk to somebody in a new town and, and get to know Buffalo a little bit and, it really didn't take long. I mean, we, we sit down, and the the manager, the, the main man at Elmo's, uh, Adam, unbelievable human being who has since tragically passed away, um, he brought out four plates of wings. I mean, every, you know, barbecue, Cajun, hot, medium. I mean, it, I, I don't think there was one wing spared. I, I, don't, I do not remember bringing home a box. I'll say that. <laughs> Talking with Tyler Dunn from GoLongTD.com, who wrote about DeMar Hamlin. The definitive story, you want to check it out. It is on, uh, I tweeted it out on at David Haw on Twitter. And, and Tyler, knowing the situation as well as you do and, and being around the league as long as you have, just curious from your perspective as you think about this and see it unfold, what was it about this specific story, tragedy, near-death experience? Because we have seen... Uh, unfortunately, guys go down on the field. We have seen similar types of things but I think this was unprecedented in how the gravity of it but what was it about this story do you think that captivated sports fans and non-sports fans alike it crossed the threshold I think that we've all become just preconditioned and and um, just numb to, to seeing injuries and just, I guess desensitized is the word we, we've seen just about everything I mean I can remember you know, covering the Packers there at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and your Michael Finley, you know, being laid on his back, unable to move. I mean, I guess the Cleveland Browns, I think it was 2013, 
They bring out the stretcher, they load them on, they take them off, the game continues. And we're so used to seeing that. And I think it's always that thumbs up or a little wave or, you know, energetic teammates that just kind of give us that, that oomph. okay, we can go on. Like, it's okay to watch this game. We can reconcile it. We, we never got that in this, in this situation. I was there in Cincinnati uh, with the binoculars looking down and, and seeing that CPR administered. It was horrifying. And I cannot imagine what the players were thinking as they're slowly moving toward DeMar Hamblin and then moving away, just aghast, just in horror of what they're seeing. I can't imagine what Nina, his mom, is thinking. She's there. What is going through her mind seeing that ambulance leave? I mean, she sees her son loaded onto an ambulance, and that ambulance leaves. She doesn't know if her son's alive. I mean, it, it, it just boggles the mind. Um, and I, I think the takeaway here, I've, I've really struggled. I'm sure you guys have as well, how we reconcile and, and justify watching football when a, a, a 24-year-old could have died on the field. I mean, he was revived back to life by the assistant trainer, Denny Kellington. I, I think it's this. I, I mean, I really think it's a, a place where DeMar comes from, it's not abnormal. That's the norm. You know, watch it, looking down at that field, I mean, Isaiah McKenzie, South Florida, he, he told me he was grazed by a bullet once. He's seen dead bodies on his doorstep. Uh, Taiwan Jones, we just got together in Buffalo for a story, and I mean, he's like talking about shootouts like it's getting the morning cup of coffee. I mean, he'd see it all the time. He's around it all the time. All, all, so many of these guys come from just uh, unspeakable backgrounds and neighborhoods, and, yeah, they, they entertain millions of people, but they're inspiring maybe even a dozen kids on their hometown streets. And I, I think that that's – where I'm at, I guess, personally, and why I can tune in, it's, it's a platform to really bring real change to those neighborhoods. Tyler, what do you make of the way the NFL, from the league office down to the individual teams to the players that you talk to on a regular basis, about the impact and, and the way the league has handled this since what transpired on Monday night? I'm not sure if we'll ever get full clarity on the whole five minute to warm up rule or what. I mean, Joe Buck said it four times, apparently on the TV broadcast. And I mean, he's not just making stuff up, right? I mean, he's not going off the cuff. I mean, that's coming from somebody. I, I don't think it's Roger Goodell sitting up on some iron throne demanding that his minions play a football game. I, you know, I know we're all you know skeptical and cynical when it comes to this league and rightfully so it, my guess is it was very procedural and, you know, they got to hit their marks on a national broadcast. And it, it just, it took the humanity of the bills players and Sean McDermott and the Bengals players and Zach Taylor to just kind of take charge and be like, yeah, this, this game can't happen. And so I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'll stop myself short of like killing the NFL for how they handled it. I do think this though, like it, it's a probably time for the league to look themselves in the mirror on some other things. Just, just own it. Safety. Or own, own this violence, I should say. Own the fact that this is an, a violent game that isn't for anybody. Now, from the time you put those pads on, and then do what you can to protect those human beings playing. I mean, the 17th game is absurd. Thursday night football is ridiculous. Why are you having needless preseason games for needless injuries? I mean, college players, they don't need preseason games. There's a lot that they can do to help. But I think it starts with just owning the violence of the sport. And it never really feels like the league does. Tyler, thanks so much for your time. Cannot wait for the follow-up. Oh, hey, thank, thank you guys so much for the opportunity and sharing Demar's story. The pleasure's all here. Tyler Dunn from GoLongTD.com wrote the definitive story on Demar Hamlin uh, over a year ago, and I'm sure that there's a lot of coverage there. 
one of the best writers you're going to read when it comes to the NFL and the players in the league. He just is a terrific guy, great perspective. And Zach, he mentioned and we talked about how the league handled the situation, what they're going to do next. Did they get it right? We'll talk about that next. Maybe you have an opinion. 312-644-6767. Zach Zabin in for Mully. It's Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Zach Zabin in for Mully. We're talking about the DeMar Hamlin situation. His recovery, which was great news yesterday when he asked his doctors who won the game and he wrote it out and he was holding hands with his family members and there's just a lot of progress and a lot of people exhaled. So now you look ahead after having that sense of relief, Zach, and the league determined that the Bengals and the Bills game will not be played. So it will they'll play 16 games. Everyone else will play 17 games. Uh, They're looking for uh, neutral sites, potentially, for the AFC Championship game. And Ian Rappaport tweets out a few minutes ago, Ford Field not available for a possible neutral site AFC Championship game because they're changing out the turf. They're changing out the turf. And that's okay. Listen, it's okay. I I think the the most important thing is the news that you started with, the fact that he's communicating now and that there were signs of progress because for most of this past week, we weren't hearing anything. And that's scary because if there was good news to share, they would have shared it immediately. And for a while there, clearly there wasn't any good news to share, and, and that's scary. You know, when, when you have a football game, you understand that there are in, inherent risks. You talk to any player last week, last Friday, I was co-hosting the afternoon show with Anthony Heron, and Patrick Manley joined us for the entire hour at 4 o'clock. And at the time, I asked him about Tua and whether or not he should play. And if there was ever a time where during a game, because remember, they didn't know that Tua had a concussion. It wasn't like anyone had any signs. But yet afterwards, when they were reviewing the tape and there were some questionable decisions, then people said, yeah, you know, something seemed a little off. And by all accounts, that's Tua's third concussion this year. And should he play another game this season? All mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And Patrick goes, you know what you sign up for when you play in the NFL. There's football and then there's the NFL, which is different. And you understand there are inherent risks. I had a long conversation with Chris oh. Conti, the former Bears safety, mm-hmm. about this years ago. And... I was stunned when he said it, but he said, I love this game so much, I'm willing to give 10 to 15 years of my life, meaning on the back end, in order to play this game. Well, I think we all have talked to players like that, and you understand the sentiment. Uh, Some people don't understand the sentiment, but what Chris Conti said represents a lot of players' perspective. But I do think this, what we watched – happened on Monday night football was such a rare occurrence and such a freakish medical event incident that his heart stopped because right. of the, the nature of the hit. And I, I think everyone has the right to be as traumatized by that experience, whether you were just watching at home or players who were standing there watching him get revived. You, you can't just diminish 
what somebody might have gone through personally and the gravity of that situation on each individual. But, Zach, I do think, and I'm not saying you're suggesting this, but I do think there's a big difference to me in that event that we all have just you know, paid attention to and captivated by this week and the concussion issue and awareness in the NFL. I don't think that this situation is a referendum on football. I understand the people that want to make concussion awareness and safety a referendum on football. I don't personally, but I can respect people who do because that is something that can be controlled to a larger degree by a league that says they care about player safety. Now they can prove that. What happened with DeMar Hamlin, I'm not sure that you could have prevented, that you could have anticipated, that you could have done much more because it was so rare in the way that it happened. Correct. And, and I think as, as time moves on and, and hopefully DeMar Hamlin is able to heal and live a productive life going forward, and, and, and once we continue to hear more positive news in terms of uh, the way he progresses, then you can start to move into what you're talking about. And, you know, is this a fluke thing? Is this something the NFL has to account for going forward? Because what I was saying earlier, players understand there's an inherent risk when you play in the NFL. But you don't expect to die on the field. And that almost happened the other night, which is why everyone, and and you see the reaction from players. And I, I don't know if you had a chance to watch Josh Allen, the Buffalo quarterback's press conference yeah. yesterday, mm-hmm. got emotional. Sure. You know, because you don't expect to see what you saw Monday. Again, there are risks. You, you know you're going to see some horrific injuries. Uh, you know the players uh, may have career – their careers may end on a football field because of some horrific injury. But you don't expect to die on the field. Well, no, you don't. But I, and that's why I think that when anybody watching and in Josh Allen's case experiencing that firsthand, you you have an emotional response that may include, you know, tears or uh, grief or however you want to describe Shock. it. Yes, all of that. Shock. I think what happens when you have a situation earlier this season with Tua Tungabailoa and going back onto the field and seeing how that was handled, you still may have emotion you still may have empathy but it's accompanied by anger and frustration because it's preventable Mm -hmm. it was something that could have been steps taken awareness created all of these kinds of things that are controllable and so that to me is a distinction that you have to emphasize and remind people what Josh Allen depicted yesterday was the way we all kind of felt watching this unfathomable situation take place Monday night in front of us but when you're watching somebody go back onto the field or conceal a concussion you get frustrated because the game can do more there's not anything you could do to prevent what happened Monday night in my mind until maybe there's breastplates maybe there's other measures but what happened specifically on that night was just one of those unfortunately rare tragic events Agreed. That's what we believe right now, and I'm sure there's more information that that we'll learn as time goes on. But to your point about the concussion, so one of the things that Manley brought up, and I remember this, there was a a preseason game in Seattle, and there was some kind of contact, and Patrick wasn't right. Comes back to the sidelines, having conversation with Olin Krutz, and Olin sees, you're not right, Pat. And he physically took Pat 
walked him over to one of the assistant trainers. And he indeed did have a concussion. And what you would like, we saw it in a game, I think with the Patriots, I, I don't remember which receiver. There was one receiver that went down and clearly was stumbling and not, not something was wrong. There, were, there, was, there was a receiver. Kobe Myers, I believe. Was, was it Jacoby Myers who was concussed? And then Nelson Aguilar, I think, yeah. was, was the guy who kind of waved his, his arms up and said, hey, stop the play. Stop the play. And you just wish that would have transpired when Tua clearly suffered the concussion the last time out when he played for the Dolphins. And, and that's there, there has to be more self-awareness. I'd like to see a better job from the eye in the sky when it comes to I'd rather have an overreaction to that kind of stuff than allow a guy to continue to play when clearly he's not right. Well put, I wonder how people will watch football differently if they will. Will it affect your viewing experience on Sunday? Let us know. 312-644-6767. How did Monday night's near-death experience for DeMar Hamlin affect the way that you consume the sport? Or are you immune to that and it won't have any effect at all? Let us know what you think. Zach Zabin in for Mully. It's Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 